So hi, Dimitri. I think I pronounced it right. Dimitri, right? Uh, yes, it's correct. Perfect. So um, what was the very first line of code you wrote as kid? I, I, I guess as kid. Oh, uh, okay. I think it was something like print and uh, uh, I don't remember what is uh, in the print. Maybe hello, maybe something else. Uh, basically, the story is that uh, my mother, uh, she's a programmer. And uh, sometimes back in the 80s, uh, she took me to her workplace. And at that time, we received a brand new PCXT, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the first 8080 model, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just to play games there. So I was so addicted to games, oh, still addicted a little bit, uh, that I uh, wanted to create my own game there, right? And uh, it was a basic, so I used basic to create it, something simple. And uh, uh, that time, it was actually my first code I've written. Okay. And your mother, which programming uh, language she used back then? Oh, basically mainframes. I think it was PL1 mainly. Oh, um, I think I still did some PL1. So I know I did. I, I teach. Uh, it was like a few couple of years ago. Uh, uh, there were some programmers used PL1. So there is a still used language. It stands for Programming Language 1, right? And don't ask me uh, because I don't know what is that. Never used it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so and um, why you wrote the very first line? I mean, if you could play games, why to bother open, you know, this one of the terminal, like start the... Uh, on PC, you had actually to load basic, so it's even even worse. You had to load basic, you know, to 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 write uh, print something. So why you did it? Uh, because it's always interesting to write something new, right? Uh, there is a limited amount of games, and you know, uh, I want to use my creativity to create something something better than I had. Uh, I, it's it's very interesting to create your own game, you know. Yeah. So uh, you were bored with games, and then you wanted to hack something new. Uh, you can say that, yeah. Maybe I just wanted to uh, make the games better. Okay, cool. And what is your expectation? So what, what is the idea? That you will you know, write an awesome game or something like this? Or, or, or why you started you know, writing the print stuff? Uh, it's just interesting, you know. Uh, uh, then you caught something, uh, you create something, and uh, uh, I kind of enjoy the creativity okay. that I can do whatever I want. I can ask computer, I can force computer to do what I want, not use some other applications created by other people. Yeah, cool. So, what was your uh, the truly creative program you wrote? You know, the first one. Oh, fully creative program. I don't remember, to be fair. Or, or right? more complicated, uh, at least, you know, something beyond print. <laughs> something beyond print. Uh, uh, I think I actually created some kind of a small game, Tetris-like. Uh, um, possibly it was the first game I really created in basic, right? And after that, I remember uh, some something more useful. Uh, when I was studying at school, I think it was eight years of uh, nine years of studying um we uh had a computer class at wait a second where you yeah. where you wrote the very first uh, line which year was it roughly okay i think i was about 12 right okay. so it was 85 oh 85 yeah, something like that yeah so this is amazing i'm quite old i'm quite old you know no, no, but uh, uh, what was bothers me that uh, you had the access to PCXT at that time. I would expect, you yeah. know, C64 or something. 
that was very early PC, right? So it was one of the first, I would say. Uh, I think PC actually uh, has been there earlier, right? About uh, 983, something like that, if I remember well. Right? It might be, but still, but I, two years after that, so you I, had, I mean, uh, yeah. Still yeah, but I agree that uh, uh, my mother was working in some kind of their organization uh, which used computers uh, quite a lot, uh, mainly for programming, and uh, we've done some applications for big organizations, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like what uh, software companies are doing now, but that time there was nothing like that. And uh, yeah, we had some uh, newer stuff there, and uh, I guess it was one of... Uh, um, I can't say it's one of the PCXTs brought to Soviet Union at that time, but uh, I guess it was uh, one of their uh, first batch or something like that. Okay, cool. And your mother was like, you know, a true hacker? So like, you know, uh, how to call it? So she, she, she really enjoyed programming or... No, true hacker for me sounds something different for me. It okay. It's like, uh, you know, uh, young guys who are hacking into your computer. No, no, no. Uh, true hacker for me, <laughs> for, for me, true hacker would sound like, you know, someone who really enjoys, you know, knowing how things are working, are uh, excited about technology. This is what hacker means to me. So it's not like, you know, um, someone with uh, bad behavior tries to break things is more like you know you are curious about things and try to see how they work so and you know this is what i so was something like this uh, i guess so she uh, she enjoyed she enjoyed programming uh yeah uh, it's it was mainframes time remember right so she was enjoying mainframes programming yeah, but um, I had to work with um, I have I enjoyed to work with a, a woman. She was uh, was not PL one rather than RPG on the S four hundred, and um, I, I did some Java programming, and she did the uh, RPG programming, and she was really you know fan of the whole uh, computer S four hundred. So uh, she she said, okay, this is the best operating system ever. She was like you know promoting the old mainframe. So I learned a lot from her. It was actually also interesting. So you know, there are there are also, there are also people who are really excited about the mainframes because they are really interesting. So you know the old old mainframe stuff. Now uh, the thing is that it was that time, and it was nothing else than mainframes, right? Yeah. I'm not sure that my mother actually now promoting mainframes. <laughs> yeah, sure. Not doing anything with mainframes now, right? Okay. But she's retired, right? Um, uh, so that time, yeah, she had fun programming, right? And uh, she was actually uh, leading a team of uh, programmers. Cool. Uh, we've done some uh, complicated stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, she worked for a secret organization. No, <laughs> because no, no, no. It, it, uh, it was nothing like KJB, you know, because uh, I wouldn't get access there. Never. Okay, right? okay, okay. And and uh, uh, does she, your mother, uh, does your mother understand Java? So, no, I don't think so. Oh, so, so you have to do no. something, no, retirement or so a small, you know, Hedidon course or something like this. Yeah, I definitely have to. <laughs> Perfect. And your father is also a programmer. No, no, no. My father is not a programmer. Okay. She's more in, in, in cars and things. Oh, ah, okay. Okay, cool. So now, uh, let's clarify that. So you started uh, with XT, which is amazing. And then in 85, and then... Uh, so what's also stunning, you started with Tetris. I mean, Tetris are crazy complicated. So you actually saw, you know, the shapes on the screen? Or was it like... So it, it actually worked your Tetris? Do you think that Tetris is bloody complicated, really? Yeah, as a first game, yes. I think if you if you start, I, yeah, I don't think that it's really 
too complicated. Uh, uh, it, it's a text mod, right? So you have a text mod on your PC, and you have a, a character which is a, like a cube, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like like a cursor, like mm -hmm. you know. Uh, uh, and uh, you just use characters to you know program the game. Uh, you know, maybe it was complicated that time. Now it's not not really. <laughs> Yeah, but still, I mean, you, you are 12 years old and, and you hacked, you know, Tetris. So it's for me, it's impressive. So it sounds impressive to me. So, uh, okay. And what then? You then, story, I, inter uh, I interrupt you. So you, then you started with, uh, you did something at school, you said. Yeah, because you asked what kind of, uh, you yeah. know, uh, ap applications I created. That games is like kind of, kind of for fun, right? Yeah. And uh, at, at school, I remember that uh, we had uh, a computer class, actually. We had two and uh, that time it just started because we never had computer classes at school. And, uh, uh, you know, we started to have uh, computers. It was not XTs, it was some kind of... I actually don't know what is that. It was kind of a, uh, a Russian home computers. They used their own operating system. And uh, they, we have a server. And the server was um, RJ45, if I remember well. Um, so uh, what I was doing there... Uh, I was creating a, uh, how to say that? It's basically testing applications, right? Oh. There, uh, you add questions there, and uh, there is a one answer uh, which you answer. So multiple uh, choice? Correctly or in incorrectly, yeah, multiple choice. No, it's not multiple choice, it was one choice. Yeah. One choice, okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, at the end you have a result. Right. Okay. So how you passed? Uh, what's the result of passing? And this kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, our teachers they liked it very much uh, because uh, they could say that we are using computers in our education process, which is cool, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so they asked me to basically add. Uh, they created questions and answers, and uh, I added these questions and answers to the application I created, mm -hmm. and uh, I was testing kind of uh, uh, my um, uh, schoolmates. Uh, and I think that it was the first business application I created. Cool. And uh, uh, which programming language again? Which was it? It was basic. Basic again, okay. And yeah. uh, the, 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 you, you were at a guru at school, right? With that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, having access to the computer class, I had a key from the computer class. It was just brilliant because you can go there anytime, play games, you know, and, uh, you know, just enjoy. Cool. Uh, and where was it? In Russia, you said? Yes, Moscow. Moscow. Okay, cool. As, as this was still, though, I would say, 90s. It was 80s, actually. Uh, it was uh, 88, 89, because uh, 90, I started my high school. Mm -hmm. Right, so it was uh, 89, I would say. And, and uh, there were Russian computers, or they were important? Imported? Uh, Russian. This Russian. was Russian computers. Yeah. Okay. And, and which processors? Intel, or...? Uh, you know, that time, I don't think that Russia, uh, you know, Soviet Union uh, used Intel processors, right? So uh, it was something Russian, and uh, that something Russian was maybe copied from uh, yeah. some, something else, right? Uh, I don't know what the processor was it, to be fair. Uh, but these computers were kind of a home computers, you know, similar to ZX Spectrum, uh, but not exactly that. What was the name uh, of the computer? Oh, uh, good question. 
if I remember well, it was BK001, something like that. BK001, because it's interesting. Yeah. Because uh, this was our uh, proper op- uh, operating system on it. So, or, or you had to know just you had a like floppies, no floppies, uh, cassettes, I think. Uh, there was some kind of operating system, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of uh, uh, made for these computers. It was not something available for. Uh, like Linux, for instance, right? So it was something made for this this model. Yes, it's actually amazing that uh, someone you know uh, creates from scratch the whole thing, and and the basic was like I basic, or was it the Russian basic? I, 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 I very much doubt that it was created from scratch, but anyway, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, yes, it, it was basic. It was normal basic. Uh, it was not Russian basic. Uh, there was some other languages. Um, I don't remember what was the other. There was actually two languages. One was basic, which we used, and another one was uh, I can't say now. Don't remember. Okay, cool. So, and what happened then? So, uh, you were so you really liked the programming, or, or or were you already, you know, how to call it, uh, really into programming, or you just did it because of school? No, no, I really liked it. Cool. So, uh, um, I liked it, and uh, I enjoyed programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can't say that I did it only for school. Uh, for sure, it had some advantages for me knowing programming uh, because uh, not many people did that. And uh, I, have, I had some bonuses because of that. Uh, but the main reason was not that. I, I kind of liked it a lot. Okay, what was the next language then? So this was like basic. What happened then? So you st- stick Oh, with... high school started, right? So okay. In high school, uh, we used mainly uh, Pascal. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for school stuff and uh, for, you know, uh, some uh, side projects, uh, uh, we used Delphi mm-hmm. or Delphi, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because it was one of their uh, languages which allowed you to easily create a Windows based UI, right? Mm-hmm. And access databases. It's actually quite cool, right? And uh, uh, in parallel, actually, starting from sometimes maybe 80s, late 80s, um, uh, I used, uh, you know, DBase free. Yes, DBase. DBase, DBase, not QBase, DBase. DBase, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I was using DBase three plus, and there was a compiled version of that called Clipper. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, uh, t- yeah, to uh, to uh, to create some kind of the database stuff for uh, some customers, right? Mm-hmm. So. Basically, uh, my mother, again, was using it, uh, and uh, uh, sometimes uh, she gave me some work to do for some small money, right, pocket money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I used Clipper and DBase Plus to do stuff. Yeah, I think a uh, couple of years ago, I think five to seven years ago, I got a contract to help a company to move away from Clipper because it didn't work anymore on the recent Windows. I think it was Windows 7 back then or something. And uh, they asked me to help them to migrate to Java because uh, this was a crucial application for business. So, uh, um, and uh, the the application was created by a programmer who was promoted several times, but no one knew what it actually does anymore. So this was so I know a clip a little bit. Oh yeah, it could be quite complicated because of the database stuff. We used a little bit different approach to yeah. uh, for program databases, right? Okay. Yeah, cool. So on Delphi was, uh, I think, even object-oriented back then, right? So the two... Op- the... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was from Borland. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was really nice. 
And basically, uh, the alternative to create some kind of business application with Windows UI uh, was uh, Visual Basic 3, if I remember well, right? Mm -hmm. But it's Visual Basic. No one actually likes Visual Basic, right? Yeah. And uh, another alternative is C, C++. And uh, uh, creating business applications in C++ is kind of complicated, right? It yeah. takes some time. Yeah. Right. So uh, Delphi was uh, really great at that time. And uh, I actually don't see any really uh, alternatives to that. Yeah, um, uh, even now, I, 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 I attended some conferences in parallel. There was still a Delphi conference, and uh, this was in Switzerland. And they do a lot of stuff still, so it uh, seems like to be a still a vibrant community behind Delphi. Is it actually supported? So I, uh, I think Delphi was stopped some kind of 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, but they, they so still, when... still keep going, so they're like, <laughs> I don't know why, they, they are just, you know... Um, I, I, I think Boland... I mean, Bolland, I don't think they, 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 they uh, ship uh, Delphi applications anymore, but yeah. Um, yeah. And what you, what you did uh, then, so you, this is actually amazing. So how old were you with uh, Delphi and DBase experience? Oh, you mean how long I was using it? Yeah. Uh, how old well, were you? Uh, uh, roughly. How old they are? Am I? Uh, I? I'm from 73. Yeah, but back then, so how old were you? If you hacked, you know, the D-Base and... Uh... Oh, how old am I? Yeah, uh, 20 years old, right? 20, 20 years, okay. 20 plus, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cool. Uh, actually, possibly a little bit more, right? Uh, 22 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. But uh, this yeah, was an after, I, I, after high school. I, I, I think I, I think that when I was 20, Delphi was not there yet. Right. Okay. So, uh, uh, what some Delphi has actually appeared? Uh, I think it was something like ninety-five, if I remember well. Maybe ninety-five for sure, because uh, in nine, yeah, yeah, ninety-seven, I started uh, with Java, and back then I knew about Delphi before Java, so it has to be ninety-six, ninety-five, and before before that, like you, I did uh, Turbo Pascal, so we had a similar yeah. language experience. So I also started basic in Turbo Pascal. And then I only knew about Delphi, so it's like object-oriented language. I never did it actually, but uh, I know that is it was available before Java, and Java was 1997. But, but it was kind of derived from Turbo Pascal, is it? So, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. The same company. Bo yeah. Borland yeah. Turbo Pascal was brilliant, really fast compilation, right? Yeah. And uh, Delphi was kind of a Windows version of that, with a, you know, you know, remember Turbo Vision? Turbo Vision, uh, no. UI. No? No. TurboVision is an object-oriented framework to create UI. Cool. DOS-based UI, right? Okay. Uh, and uh, I think Borland created similar stuff for Windows. Cool. And called it Delphi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, what you did uh, then? So you had uh, DBase and Delphi, and you were r roughly 20 years old. So you studied already? Uh, 20 years old. It was 93. So, yes, I studied in the university. And, uh, oh, yeah, we did a lot of stuff. Uh, Delphi was actually a little bit later. Right? So, 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 so what you did, so in the high school, you did Delphi and Turbo Pascal, and then you st started to study what? Ah, okay, you want to skip the high school stuff, right? Okay, so uh, uh, it was quite a lot of Delphi programming. So uh, I was participated in... Uh, I started basically working, right? So I finished the university, high school, and uh, I started working. And uh, uh, I was working for a company which created online trading stuff, you know. Uh, 
Okay. And uh, 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 we use Delphi uh, for actually a trading system. We created a trading system to trade in-house. Cool. And uh, uh, we used Microsoft Access. Uh, yeah. It's still there, right? Microsoft yeah. Access yeah. to create a back office, back office stuff because, you know, uh, people who use back office, they wanted to use Microsoft Office things and Delphi, uh, sorry, Microsoft Access is nicely integrated to that. So we used uh, Access to uh, do uh, the back office thing around the trading. Uh, it was quite a big project, so participated there. Uh, it for it was for about two three years, I mm-hmm. guess, uh, like late nineties, right? And uh, uh, at some point, at some point, I moved to Czech Republic because company I was working on uh, moved to Czech Republic, and ah, okay. uh, uh, they gave us nice nice offers. So I decided that uh, okay, so I'll move to Czech Republic for a couple of years. One 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 question. One one question. Um, in in high school and study uh, and your university time, uh, you just uh, focus on Delphi, right? So you are the, or did also some other languages. No, 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 not. As I was saying, Delphi was kind of a little bit after university, like late years of university and after that. We actually didn't study it in the university, right? In the university, we studied uh, Pascal Ah, quite a lot. Okay. And we we studied C, C++. And uh, basically, I've done a lot of C and C++ programming uh, for the university projects. Okay. In C and C++, interesting. And what you did then? So what, which, which applications you wrote? Uh, to be fair, I don't, uh, uh, or, you know, for the university. All right. Uh, um, it was aviation university, right? Wow. So uh, everything, uh, everything were uh, around aircraft. Cool. And uh, uh, what they trying to create, we tried to create a simulator, right? Like uh, F-19. Remember, remember F-19? Yes. Uh, like, yeah. So uh, we uh, tried to create something like that. Okay. Uh, so uh, uh, actually, was quite successful. We had a plane, which was uh, kind of uh, you know uh, you can simulate the fla- plane by solving uh, on every single moment of time a set of di- differential equations, mm-hmm. right? I don't remember. I think it was eleven of them or nine of them, right? Uh, so we actually done that because of that it was a little bit slow, but it was kind of nicely simulated. Uh, we had a little bit of problems with graphics. Uh, so I remember we created a library um, uh, with assembler code uh, to draw graphic primitives, like draw lines, draw um, squares, and this kind of stuff, uh, just uh, to make it faster. Uh, and this stuff was in C. Wow, not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's that. It was quite cool. It was fun to do. Cool. So you studied uh, aviation, not computer science. Uh, the university was aviation university, but I was studying actually mathematics. Wow. So you are dangerous. So after the, after, oh no, I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> after, uh, uh, my speciality is applied mathematics. Oh, cool. That is incredible. Yeah. So, and, and, and after the university, you did Delphi and you were not bored with Delphi with your background, you know, with no. C, C++ and, 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 and graphics and, Okay. Uh, I still miss C. I really like C programming, uh, uh, and uh, I used it for some home projects, uh, pet projects, uh, but not in real work. I, to be fair, I never used C C plus plus in real work. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. So cool. 
So uh, then after university, you did Delphi, and then uh, you did some stock exchange or trading apps, and then you moved to Czech Republic. And 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 you like Czech Republic comparing to Russia back then? So if you moved, you know, from from Russia to Czech Republic, was it a nice experience or not that nice for you? Uh, it's comparable, I would say. Okay. Right. Cool. So it got it got some pluses, it has some minuses, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't really say that. I uh, it's definitely better than uh, Moscow. It's not. Uh, the thing is that that time it was ninety eight, ninety nine. You remember it was a crisis, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it was kind of uh, because of crisis, uh, not a lot of job offers in Moscow and this kind of stuff. So I was actually happy to find something. And uh, after that, uh, this company was moved to Czech Republic, possibly partially because of the crisis. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, basically, I accepted the offer. Uh, because of the interest, because it's quite interesting to go abroad and to live abroad for some years, right? Yeah. And uh, the second thing, I just didn't want to lose a job, right? So, uh, mm, so I can't say that Czech Republic is brilliant and uh, Russia is bad. No, no. Uh, I think I think both of them both of them are kind of have pluses and minuses. Uh, mm -hmm. I still enjoy going to Moscow to see my parents. Yeah, sure. Uh, now it's now it's beautiful city. It looks much much better than it was in the 90s. Uh, so <laughs> uh, enjoying it. And, and uh, do you speak in Czech? Yes, I do. Cool. Czechy. Ah, Czechy. Okay. Because uh, I was uh, in uh, in Prague and I learned, you know, the Kritek. This is like the small. It was at the airport. It's like the creature, the Czech creature. It's called Kritek, and uh, so. You know that? This is like the black small thing, uh, the mower. It's mole, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, Critic. yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, actually, I've been at your talk ah. when you was talking about that. <laughs> the Critic, on Geekon okay. conference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It was quite fun. Everybody enjoyed that. Okay. <laughs> um, so, perfect. So, then you did some trading stuff and Czech Republic, what happened then? Uh, in Czech Republic, we was not doing trading stuff. In Czech Republic, we was doing some kind of automation systems for um, uh, the uh, for the resort. So uh, the owner of uh, the company owned the resort, and we did some automation for the resort. It means that some kind of computer systems, like a reservation system, oh, okay. like some accounting system, back office system, and this kind of stuff. And that time it was actually on using, we used uh, Microsoft uh, technologies. Mm -hmm. We used uh, ASP.NET, we used C Sharp, we used Microsoft's uh, um, SQL database. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, because it was historically like that, so that company used Microsoft stuff. Sure. Uh, what, what's interesting, you, t you, you said that in 1999 there was a crisis, but what I remember, 1999, it was the new, eco new economy boom, and 2001, everything went south. So in Russia, was the crisis two years earlier? Uh, yeah, I think it was 98, actually. Okay, it interesting. It was a crisis in Russia, and uh, uh, basically the currency rates, uh, uh, I think ruble, has actually yeah. went uh, down, right? Quite ah, a lot. okay. Uh -huh. uh, it was a, it was a, it was a default or something like that, you know. I'm uh -huh. not really in economics, okay. uh, uh, but it was yeah, it was quite quite big, I would say. But in in, in, uh, Czech, in Czech Republic, everything was fine, right? It was like over the top, I would say, with the new economy stuff, right? Uh, I I'm not, I don't think that actually that crisis affected Czech Republic. Yeah, exactly. 
This is what I what I take the because main, I remember uh, Germany was at golden times, like you know, 1997 until 1999, and then 2001 with the 9/11. I think it was 2001. Uh, this is where uh, it became a little bit complicated. Yeah. So we had it in different times. We had it earlier. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, now I understood it. Okay, it's so not perfect. It's bad. No, it's but bad, anyway. but but uh, perfect because I got it. So, I mean, I got it right now. Okay. Um, okay. So you wrote some systems with C sharp, and uh, you you switched to to other company, or what happened then? Uh, after that, uh, no, uh, it was the same company. Uh, uh, so we created some resort systems, and we actually worked in different directions. Um, and uh, we tried to, uh, at least it was uh, like a POC stuff, uh, to create in a casino application. Uh, so it was quite fun to work on, uh, you know, the casino stuff. Okay. Uh, it never, uh, it never actually, it was never released, right? So it was uh, stopped uh, at the POC level. Um, but it was quite fun to do. And it was actually the first big Java project I created. And why right. Java and not the, C Sharp? It's actually a good question, right? Uh, uh, we decided to go Java EE actually that time uh, because of uh, uh, better scalability, better performance, and uh, uh, mainly it was working on Linux, right? Hey, cool. So uh, for Microsoft, uh, actually, it's required to use Microsoft Service, which we actually didn't want to do. Why not? Uh, and uh, you remember this because it's interesting. Your background is more like you no know, Delphi and Windows, and now you uh, uh, you know uh, you need to pay for Microsoft licenses, right? It's quite expensive, right? So, ah, okay. Uh, company uh, the company decided to save and uh, go basically their uh, cheaper open source way. So I think uh, which is reasonable. I suspect All you were not. Companies did the same thing. You are not. You are not happy. I suspect, right? So if someone pushes you know to use Linux and Java, and uh, before then you had Windows and Del and Delphi, it is like a complete different world. No, I was actually happy. Oh really? It's actually quite fine. Yeah, because uh, Java is great, and I've started looking at Java since Java appeared. Right. Okay. Uh, but uh, Java one point zero was not usable much, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, oh, I tried to create some games in Java again, right? This is all I, what I always do, creating games. Cool. Uh, uh, so I had some Java experience at least, and uh, I was tracking Java how it goes, uh, Java Enterprise Edition and this kind of stuff. So uh, at that point, actually, uh, when we had a choice what to use, I was quite happy that uh, this project is going to be a Java project and we can uh, actually use Java and we can actually uh, uh, get some more experience with Java, get some more expertise in Java. Uh, so, very happy. So, um, now I'm curious. I like, so, I like to study new things. Yeah. Uh, what games you've wrote with Java? So, again, some small stuff. You know, uh, applets, right? Yeah. Java support yeah. applets. Yeah. So, uh, I created some applets for Tetris, uh, for uh, Snake, <laughs> and these kind of things. Perfect. Right? <laughs> okay. And uh, the J2E server, you, you remember which server was it? JBoss? It was, it was, no, it was WebLogic. It was WebLogic and it was, I think, version 7, if I remember. Very good. Or maybe I really like WebLogic uh, uh, 7 and 8. And I started, I think it was 5 or Tenga before. And I really liked... Still uh, small. Yeah, WebLogic yeah. was great. There was one jar, WebLogic.jar and WebLogic client. And yeah. this is, and, and it booted in no time. Nice admin console. And then it was, uh, 
and now diversions after that became larger and larger. This was uh, unfortunate. But, uh, ex- by the way, exactly the same happened with Boland. The Boland J Builder, I think, three was great, and after then they added all the enterprise wizards or whatever, and everything was uh, more bloated. Yeah, and it didn't work nice, to be fair. Yeah, and um, yeah, and what was your experience with WebLogic? So you liked the experience, or and which IDE you used, if you remember back then? Uh, coming to J, um, uh, J Developer, not from Borland. J Developer from J, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it, uh, you just mentioned that it was J Developer. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not really good. Uh, J Builder, sorry, J Builder was the name. J Builder, J Builder, yes. so exactly. We, uh, we we were using that. J yeah. Builder was great. J Builder was yeah, uh, it, I really liked that. So I had uh, uh, the J Builder. There were three editions: standard, professional, and enterprise. And I always used the professional was good enough. And the enterprise had some crazy data binding stuff, which I never never used. And yeah, J Builder was nice. Mm-hmm. I think we had enterprise, right? And yeah, yeah. I, because I remember I was playing with this crazy database stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, it was um, kind of weird. Uh, so at the end, we didn't use that database funny stuff, right? We just used JBuilder as an IDE for creating projects. Yeah, what I what I really like were the boxes of JBuilder. You know, those like uh, huge boxes with uh, IDE box, and there was like uh, some construction stuff on it. So it was a nice design. So I was like, okay, really appreciate the look and feel of the whole J JBuilder products. Okay, so I did the first J2E app, and you liked your experience hacking the app, or was it like you know, because back then it was J2E one four, I suspect. So um, you liked the experience or didn't? So what was your impression with about the whole J2 uh, stuff? J2 stuff was great, right? Uh, uh, that time it was, you know, uh, first version of AGBs, like BMPs and CMPs, if you remember, right? Yes. Actually, uh, it was BMPs only, if I remember well, when this started. Mm-hmm. And CMPs were uh, added later, right? Uh, so, uh, with BMPs and CMPs, you know, uh, you kind of, uh, uh, it makes sense, right? Uh, but, uh, the logic behind is too complicated. What this, this is what I think, right? Yeah. Especially comparing to .NET stuff. .NET stuff is much easier. Yeah. Uh, by the way, link for SQL was not exist at time. So, uh, uh, we couldn't take an advantage of that. Um, uh, but anyway, we started with BMPs. Fine. After that, CMPs appeared, so we started to use CMPs. is much better, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, we didn't come to proper JPA because the project was closed, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, unfortunately, right? Because I think actually the, this is a proper way to do uh, database bindings. Uh, but I used that in other projects. Cool. So um, the CMP stands for Container Managed Persistence and BMP for Bin Managed Persistence. And CMP, uh, you had a deployment descriptor, which basically said, you know, which f- fields are persistent. And BMP, you had to do everything by yourself. So um, there were methods like EGP load, EGP store, and uh, finder methods. It um, Yeah, it was, uh, you had to write a little bit code, but it it actually worked. More, so I, yeah, it's, it's more control, right? Yeah. Cool. Find so, by primary key and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, it should be select. Your fine methods, yeah, yeah. finders. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The 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 main problem with that back then, I remember, uh, CMP were not serializable, so you had to use data transfer objects. So you had you know to copy the whole state of the BMP bean into a serializable object. 
uh, this was one-to-one -one mapping. And the problem is, uh, I still see projects doing that without a reason. You know, they have uh, a JPA entity and they create exactly the same data transfer object and copy everything back and forth. And uh, they think this kind of best practice. So, um, so this, this is this from 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 back then, from these days. Cool. So, what is your next project? So, the, the, this was sounds interesting, like casino with web logic and J2E. So, what was your next project, or one of the interesting projects, or what you did then? I think after that, uh, uh, I started the outs uh, outsourcing time. So I, I was a self-employed person, worked for different companies like consulting and participated in many different projects. So uh, I was working for insurance companies, I was working for banks, right? And uh, uh, it was Java only. I didn't use Microsoft uh, since the resort applications, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and... Uh, uh, Everything was Java E based. So it was WebLogic, it was WebSphere. Uh, we had a project on JBoss as well. And uh, uh, most of the projects are very similar. So uh, there is this kind of UI. It's UI on Victor, VI is on Faces. And uh, there is a backend uh, using Oracle database. Or um, I, I think we all. It was always Oracle database. Uh, yeah, mostly back then. So on host, there were DB2 usually uh, on host, and uh, everything else was Oracle mostly. Yeah, yeah and the service bus, and uh, the, on, uh, on the backend side, it was Java EE or Spring. I actually used quite a lot of Spring, and I still think that it's quite cool. Yeah. And, um, and you were self-employed, interesting. And, and then you... You are working for Oracle right now. So, what was the transition from self-employed hacker to a business consultant? <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, basically, uh, self-employment is great, but it adds a little bit of instability, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, I liked it very much because of different projects, because of nice experience, because you know it boosts your expertise quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, uh, but on the other hand, uh, that instability uh, was bothering me a lot because I have a family, right, mm -hmm. and I live in a foreign country, uh, so uh, I need to have some. I'm getting older, right? Yeah, uh, I, I need to have some stability. So I decided that I I find a normal uh, employment, mm -hmm. right, and uh, uh, some of uh, folks I was working with in the bank, uh, we moved to Oracle. And uh, uh, basically, I asked them, are there any open, open positions there? And they said, yeah, there are some open positions. So I applied, and uh, uh, I was employed. Oh, cool. So, so, so you were a self-employed freelancer, and then you started at Oracle? Yes, correct. So, and was it a shock for you at the first time, or you enjoyed the experience, or, you know, from self-employed freelancer to, uh, to, uh, to an employee of a large company? So you, you had to be custom, you know, to the different world, or... What was what happened to you? Question to question: uh, Have you ever worked in a big enterprise company, or you was always self-employed? I was uh, always uh, freelance, and for me, uh, large companies are always funny. So this is where I observe everything. How it works for me is always fun because I can observe it from outside. You know, if I would work for a company, uh, then uh, it would be completely different. This is what I'm asking because uh, for me, if I think about this, it could be not that easy. Um, yeah, it's different, uh, but I can't say it's different in a negative way, uh, it's diff it's just different, right? Yeah. Because when you're self-employed, you always track your time, right? Yeah. Uh, you work for customer, 
You need to be always on time. You need to track your hours because you get paid for your hours, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so when I came to the company, okay, it's kind of relaxing there, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, folks are coming to the office a little bit later. We are doing their stuff. We, we have home office things, right? Mm-hmm. I never had home office when I was self-employed, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, work is kind of slow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of communication with abroad, there are some kind of um, uh, video conferences. There are some kind of uh, um, uh, big meetings, like all hands, uh, like uh, management meetings and these kind of things. So uh, it was quite new because uh, when I was self-employed, it was pure development, 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 fast, 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 release, great, okay? Yeah. So, uh, uh, it, so it's a bit different. Is it good? Uh, it was quite surprising to me at the first time, uh, but after that... Uh, uh, it became kind of normal, yeah. and now I think that it's actually fine, right? Because uh, uh, we have a set of projects, like my team, right? We are working on for years, mm-hmm. right? And uh, uh, folks are a great, uh, they have great expertise in these projects. Mm-hmm. We rarely have new projects coming, right? So we have great expertise with what we are doing, and uh, uh, we don't have... Uh, we are not rushing on releases. We better do things better, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say that the code uh, written in Oracle uh, has much, much better quality than the code people are doing, uh, you know, uh, in the business applications. Yeah, uh, this, this, I, this I believe for sure. Um, add yeah. the, you know, back then. So you never work for Sun. So you work for Oracle. So you are proper, proper Oracle. Correct. I was never working for Sun. Yeah. Uh, I think back then, well, wait a second. So, uh, Toplink, Eclipse Toplink, uh, was, I think, backed by Oracle, not by Sun. So, I had, uh, I think there were Oracle guys contributing to uh, Toplink, right? Even if it was the, at, at Glassfish time, if Sun was around, I think Oracle guys still contributed to Toplink, not Sun guys. This is true, right? Oh. I don't think they were Sun guys. I think they were Oracle guys. Uh, this the guys are doing. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, never mind. But I was also surprised, you know, how I had I contributed a little code to Toplink back then or Eclipse Link, and uh, the uh, I was really stunned by the quality and thoughts going, you know, into into the whole process. So you are absolutely right. So what you became, you you became the master of meetings over time, right? <laughs> talking about Toplink, actually, Toplink uh, was is very old. It yeah, was yeah. Created it's a small in talk. Nineties, using small talk. Yeah, yeah. After was converted to Java. Yes. And uh, was moved from from one company to to WebGain. I remember one web company. Gain, WebGain web, was yeah. uh, like WebLogic, then was bought by Oracle, and yeah. then open sourced. I think, and this is why the guys still contributed Eclipse. They were the the three gurus. Um, I forgot the names, and uh, I think they were Oracle guys. But um, never mind. It was uh, still. Um, you're right. So um, it goes slower, but uh, but uh, I mean the stakes are higher, right? So you have to uh, backward compatibility. Uh, lots of clients are just completely different world. Mm-hmm. What it's you different. did? At, you need to think about many different things. Yeah. What you did at Oracle back then? So what is your first assignment? So it was Java. Yeah. So it was only Java since you know ages. So cool. as I said, I stopped doing Microsoft. Uh, yeah, and especially my first assignment was. Uh, 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 top link, Eclipse link. So I oh. was uh, fixing bugs, fixing bugs in Eclipse link, and uh, uh, I created a second version of. Uh, there was uh, like additional uh, 
functionality in Eclipse Link called GPARS, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, which is kind of automatic generation of RESTful web services. You did it? Your, uh, JPA bin. Uh, I created the second version. So the first version was there, and uh, I created the second one, which is uh, it had some additional functionality. Because this was cool. So what JPRS was is uh, you could uh, basically activate JPRS, and uh, uh, I think it was servlet. It, it exposed a uh, kind of truly restful uh, endpoints where you can manipulate the entity directly. Um, so you get uh, you could follow the uh, the uh, um, relations you could you know uh, query the entities update the entities so um i actually i presented to my clients several times and uh, in one project we actually used that so uh, great work I, I saw it at java oh, cool. one so, yeah once uh, uh, it's 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 great that no, i know that it's the first customer who's using that <laughs> at least you yeah. mentioned that uh, uh, yeah it was quite a cool stuff but i think this is kind of um uh, maybe not promoted a lot, uh, but uh, from the information, at least what I have, it's not used by many customers, really. So uh, customers prefer just using normal JAXRS uh, and uh, GPRS they're using to quick access to entities. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes uh, uh, it just doesn't work smoothly because uh, entities format is not the same as they want to have. So it's easier for them to create another surface, another layer. Uh, basically, this stuff he was working before, they convert in uh, entities to some kind of uh, DTOs, and they expose these DTOs as uh, restful stuff. You know. Yeah. So, uh, are you aware of uh, yeah. actually of O data standard, Open Data Protocol? What do you mean O? O data. This is like uh, O. No, da I don't know what is it. So this is like a standard from uh, Microsoft and SAP. And uh, what they do, uh, what this, Microsoft started with it, and uh, this, um, they, uh, the idea was to expose a database in a RESTful way. And uh, you get a proper REST interface. It is OASIS standard, so the V4 version is OASIS standard. And uh, what I thought about is, you know, to create a microprofile uh, project just to annotate entities and expose them via OData, it would be very, very similar to your JPARS but with uh, standardized interfaces. And the cool story is, if you have that, there are, for instance, SAP controls, which have built-in data binding to this OData standard. But, uh, you know, the, the whole CRUD interface, uh, or the no, CRUD interface, the CRUD REST interface is standardized. So with pagination, queries, metadata. And this is what uh, some projects are lacking, because if you think, if you have, uh, uh, some, let's say, uh, more trivial applications, you ha you have to reinvent you know CRUD over and over again, and with the O data, it is already there. So um, I think it could be interesting you know to reactivate JPRS and just map it to more standard O data protocol. This would be great. Yeah, it sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. Definitely makes sense. So so you did a cool stuff at Oracle actually. So so you you started with JPRS and then what you did then? So I'm now curious. And after that, I was promoted. <laughs> oh, I was promoted as a manager, right? So oh, that's bad news, actually. This is a, this is a and and, and you enjoyed the promotion. Uh, yes, I enjoyed the promotion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you still allowed to code, or you just have to manage now? Uh, I think most of the managers in Oracle are, uh, came from developers, yeah. so uh, we are technically uh, good. Okay. So we understand stuff which is going on, and I think it's uh, great because working with managers who don't understand technical stuff and pushing you on your the deadlines they have, it's kind of 
stupid. Yeah. So um, uh, I do some programming, uh, not as much as I want to have it. Okay. Uh, but uh, but I still do something. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm reviewing some pull requests mainly. Uh, I'm participating in Jakarta stuff, uh, which, which requires some programming too. Uh, so I'm leading a couple of projects, right, which requires a little bit of work on, uh, you know, at least reading the code and uh, uh, making some suggestions and this kind of stuff. Uh, but you are right. So I'm doing much less coding than I have done in the past. And, and you don't miss coding? So you really enjoy the Azomain? Really? Uh, uh, I do miss. Uh, this is why I'm still trying to code a little bit. Okay. Then. then. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So and okay, so you get promoted, and what was your area? So after after Eclipse Link in JPRS, so what you did? So which area? So you, you already mentioned uh, a couple of things, but uh, you know, the JPRS was uh, around 2008, I guess, right? No, it's uh, uh, it was later. Really, uh, GPR. Uh, well, the original version maybe, but what I was doing it was like uh, 2014. Okay, right, mainly the second version, right? Uh, but uh, what what I was doing when I was promoted, uh, uh, Jason B, right? Oh, so uh, we started to work on. At least we had some resources. We uh, started to do Jason B. So mm-hmm. I was working on Jason B. So and uh, how it started? Was it your idea or why you started with Jason B? So I mean, how such project no, starts? Not, it was not my idea. Uh, the idea was there uh, already for some time, and uh, we were planned to do Jason B, but uh, we never had time. We never had resources to start with, right? Yeah. So and uh, at that time, I was promoted. Um, I don't think that it's really my force that we started doing that, but it's kind of happened at the same time that we were allowed to start with Jason B. Okay. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, I was driving that. I uh, was working with external people, too. And uh, uh, we've done with Jason B spec, and we've done with um, uh, Yasson, which is uh, reference implementation. Yes. Uh, it, was quite, it was quite fun. Yes, it was. But um, what interests me, because uh, uh, Oracle is a large company, so it's such idea as Jason B. How does it actually start? So this is probably your chef or chef chef. They have to approve the whole thing. But uh, Jason B, I mean, there should be a demand from someone, right? So so how how it starts a Jason B project, let's say in large company. You know, actually, it's it's JCP based, right? It's like yeah. an open initiative. Yeah. Right. So uh, and uh, uh, I. I don't really think that it's only Oracle who was involved there, right? So no. there was a demand on Jason B because uh, we had Jason P already, which is yes. processing, right? Yes. Parser, basically. And Jason B was really missing stuff for Enterprise Java uh, to do binding, right? And uh, everybody knew about that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, this uh, is what I also remember. This was actually in Java, Java 8, uh, um, uh, Jason B was uh, really important to have it, so it, the demand was great. And now I understand. So how how this work, of course, is Java eight and JCP Jason B was uh, uh, proposed, and then Oracle is one of the contributors, and you got resources to implement the TC uh, the RI right Re- reference implementation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, actually, quite a lot of work. So uh, the, we've done uh, reference implementation. It's a part of that. And another big part is TCKs, right? Yeah. So uh, it, it's usually underestimated how complicated it is to do TCKs, right? Yeah. So uh, I guess that the complicity is at least comparable with a reference implementation implementation. Well, implementation implementation. Cool. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
And how big was the Yasun team back then? You know, remember that? Uh, we have one team, right, uh, mm -hmm. which is responsible for Eclipse Link, for Metro, some other stuff. That time we took some game logic work, and uh, the team was around seven people, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, in uh, uh, Yasun, uh, we was uh, one guy full time, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes others helped him with TCKs, with some stuff, right? So I would say it was like two. Uh, possibly two and a half people, sometimes one and a half, right? This is myself. amazes me over and over again how much you can achieve with a small team, right? So it's like two people and you can create uh, the whole JSON binding, actually. Uh, yes, and uh, uh, you don't really need a big team to do that, right? Uh, yeah. uh, and uh, to be fair, uh, it's kind of a small project, right? Yeah, so, but... Uh, Yasson is... A, it's not huge. It's, no, but I took a look at the code. It is, I mean, this is not huge, but I mean, it's complicated. It's not easy. So you have to think a lot, and and I think a lot, lots of corner cases, or you shouldn't underestimate the effort to implement such a thing. And um, there was communication with others, with the community. Basically, yeah. we didn't do it ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, there were some people from like uh, uh, Roman. Uh, he was in Tommy Tribe, I think, that time. There were other folks. Uh, they were. Uh, uh, guys from Jason, they were guys from Genson. We were communicating on the expert group mailing list. Uh, they suggested features. I suggested features. Basically, it was quite a nice communication. So I think collaboration was great. And uh, uh, it's uh, not right to say that Jason B is created by Oracle, right? So you know, it was created by uh, a community, by the expert group from uh, from the community. Yeah, yeah, sure. I just, I just uh, know uh, talk about the uh, Yason reference implementation. So, like, you know, who uh, contributed the most, or how big was the team? So, this, this is what's always yeah. interesting. Yeah, Yason, Yason. That time it was Oracle only. Yeah. Uh, but now, now we have contributions on Yason, which is great, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, and um, so I saw the uh, started to play with Jason B, and and my expectation was like it will behave like Jax B but uh, with uh, no standardized annotations. And it didn't behave at all the same because uh, JAXB worked with private fields and JSONB worked with public fields first. And then I first pinged, I think, the project. This was the first time we met, I guess, because I say, hey, we need, you know, the uh, just make the uh, private visibility field as default so it will behave like JAXB. And we had some conversations. And, um, and uh, what I think, meanwhile... Is I was wrong actually, so it was a good thing to do this. What 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 happened? Because what I do more and more in Java eight project, I have a, a a class with public fields, and this for me a class with public fields is a DTO. I say okay, this is obvious. This is DTO. You know, it's not even attempting to make the fields private, and this is like a new emerging pattern. So if I see a class with public fields, okay, this is just a a JSON B class, which is actually better than having the default private fields, because then I will have to write, you know, write uh, constructors and getters and setters. So, um, so feedback, it was actually a very good choice back then. Okay, finally, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but but what I would say, uh, uh, JSONB is customizable, right? Yeah. And uh, you can create your own visibility strategy. I think we've done it actually uh, yeah. in Yasson. Yeah. Uh, uh, that uh, private private fields are visible for serializer and deserializer and behaves similar to JPA, for instance, or JAXB. Uh, it's possible to do it. It's just not default. Yeah. Right? I I also did it. I, I found I think a small problem, and then I 
filed a, a pull request or something, and then and I think you approved that. So this was the final story of that. Um, this is how how we met oh. the second time. Good, I said I approved it because if I was not, then you would say, hey, 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 you are not doing it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> let's assume you approve that because, uh, um, yeah, um, okay, uh, and yeah, you're right. It is customizable, but um, what 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 I like, what I would like, what I appreciate the most in Java E is the convention of a configuration. So without any customization, you know, it already looks simple and is productive. And with the JSON B, you could always customize that. But uh, if I would start with customization, and uh, developers who look at my code, they wouldn't understand why it behaves that way. So therefore, I try to know to in JSON B to um, to to um, to to, to uh, change the defaults, which is no more necessary. I think the defaults right now are great because public fields is what I said is is perfect because it makes obvious that this is a data transfer object. And uh, the customizations are great. So you can customize dates, for instance. So it's really important for JavaScript uh, interactions. So uh, great work, and I, I really appreciate JSONB. Is uh, and by the way, if I s show it uh, at conferences, people are still amazed that it works out of the box how it works. So uh, great, great work back then. And um, thank so, you very much. Yeah, and what happened then? So JSONB or Yasun is almost done. I would say there's probably some maintenance going on. But what you did after this? Not really maintenance. Actually, there are huge plans for JSON B two point zero. Oh, we presented it on uh, Jakarta uh, Jakarta one live stream. Mm -hmm. So uh, JSON B two point zero will be there. It will include a lot of cool stuff, and uh, uh, some of the stuff, like most of the stuff, was suggested by the community, which we're trying to address. Right, like uh, uh, polymorphism, uh, like uh, additional configuration, uh, not only annotation-based, but uh, runtime-based. So uh, quite a lot of stuff, and uh, it's going to be cool, right? Yeah, and so if the, if the audience is interested, uh, uh, there is a, the, it was recorded, a Jakarta One live stream, and, um, and yes. it's available for, for viewing. It's jakartaone.org is the URI, exactly. Yeah, I shared the slides in Twitter as well. So uh, if users want to check, just uh, check my Twitter. It's M zero M U S, right? Yeah. Uh, slides are sometimes there, uh, some there, there. Perfect. Right? So uh, yeah, Yasun to zero. But uh, what else you're doing? Also other projects, right? Oh yeah. So Hilidon, right? So, Hilidon uh, is uh, uh, like uh, great stuff. Uh, what we were doing for some years, and finally we managed to uh, open source it, managed to uh, make it public, and managed to make it as uh, uh, one of the bricks of the Oracle strategy. Yeah, which so, is I think great. Now the question: So you did the JPRS and uh, Yason. You did the uh, Helidon in parallel. You started Helidon, or what was the the idea, or what is the you know story behind Helidon? Uh, Hilidon was not started by me. Okay. Right. So, uh, uh, they, uh, there was another product team and, uh, they started to think about, uh, some kind of a microservices framework some time ago. And, uh, uh, uh Hilidon was not the name of that. I think the name of that was airport, right? Uh, like internal names, right? Yeah. And, uh, 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 uh we were working at it for some time and it was renamed to Prime, if I remember well. Um, and uh, it was like a parent of Helidon. 
Okay. Uh, we, we added some stuff there. We changed some stuff there. Uh, and uh, uh, this project became J4C. We called it J4C. And I think it was 2017. It was kind of ready to release, but we couldn't release at that time, right? And uh, uh, at, at some point, uh, uh, when I came to the stage, um we added micro profile support there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we removed some unused stuff there, and uh, uh, it took us some time to went through all the approval process to open source it and to make it public. Okay, you know when when the uh, pr- project started, Project Airport, roughly. So which year? Oh, I don't remember. Possibly fifteen. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's fifteen something roughly. Okay, and the idea was like you know next gen server side programming or something like this, probably right or cloud. Uh, basically, the idea was to uh, yes, it's targeted to the cloud, targeted to microservices, uh, mainly uh, to have something similar to Spring Boot. Okay, you know uh, we we all look at Spring Boot because we were first one creating this kind of great stuff. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, uh, so uh, the goal is to take a look, make like a uh, mm, improved version of Spring Boot. Okay, interesting. And uh, and uh, you added micro profile, which uh, I would say this is uh, the best idea ever because with uh, micro profile you get quasi Java e programming model for free, and you are a runtime independent. This is what I like the most with micro profile. And but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, uh, micro. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, no. Carry on. So, and uh, I just wanted. You started with. Uh, you you took over. No, took over. You started. Uh, what is actually your role in Helidon? Is this like you are the Helidon project manager, or what? What happened? So, what was your role there, or how you switched from man- to Helidon? Uh, I'm managing Helidon. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm managing a prac team. Uh, we have two teams. Helidon. We have a US team. We have a prac team. I'm a prac team manager, and I'm uh, managing the whole project. Whoa. No, not bad. And 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 you switch from Yasun pro, uh, uh, product manager to to Helidon. Uh, I'm still doing Yasun too. Okay. So and uh, so you you told me 2017 and 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 why you did it? So I mean, so you're doing happily, you know, Jason B and and Yasun, and then you saw as an opportunity to something more interesting, and you say, okay, I would go to the project airport. So what was the story? Uh, basically, the story is that uh, for some uh, reasons, we lost resources which were working on uh, what became Helidon, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, 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 this project actually ended up at my team. Uh, and uh, uh, this project had a really great potential, right? I didn't mm-hmm. want just to, uh, you know, uh, move it into a trash bin, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I started to uh, communicate with management that uh, we have something which may be interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for our management that uh, they understood their uh, potential, you know, um, uh, advantages of the Hiledon project. And uh, we agreed that uh, uh, to invest there uh, a little bit. So uh, we started actually to... Uh, uh, add the macro profile stuff on top of uh, just the reactive stuff we had, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, and uh, we basically made it to the release uh, mainly because uh, you know uh, in the microservices world 
now what we have. Uh, Oracle actually didn't have anything addressing microservices, right? Yeah, yeah. So there is a cloud platform, which is great, but from the development perspective, okay, what do we have? We have Java EE, which is becoming Jakarta, and it's uh, that time, really transitional stage. Uh, we were not sure about the future of everything, right? So uh, well, uh, would it be successful moving to Eclipse would be not successful. That time really didn't know. We just were working hard to make it happen, right? Mm -hmm. But what else do we have? We don't have anything, right? And uh, um, uh, Helidonet actually covers the microservices development. So uh, we have customers who are working on WebLogic. If we want to switch to microservices, what Oracle offers? Okay, workers Helidon now, but that time, oh, sorry, we can't really offer anything. So customers are going to other frameworks. Ah, okay. This is like this, this. This sounds reasonable. This is um, okay. So, and if you started with uh, the Helidon, was the name already given Helidon, or was your idea you no know, to for the name? Actually, it was my idea. Cool. Uh, we had uh, we had uh, 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 basically we asked everybody participating in the project how we name it, mm -hmm. right? And uh, we were uh, quite a few options, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we was voting at the end, so we were voting on the names, and uh, that Helidon name won, which is great. So I'm quite quite proud of it. What were the other alternatives you remember? Uh, no, I I don't remember now. To be fair, oh, it was, it was some funny stuff. Okay, but, but uh, and the the the, the, well, the project name was uh, Airport, and then Prime, and then the first name, which official was J, there was J4C, J4C, right? Java for containers, yeah. I guess, right? Java for cloud. For cloud, okay. And uh, then yeah. Helidon. So, and why Helidon? Why do you like the name? Uh, all right. So uh, we tried to find something uh, which is kind of lightweight and fast because Helidon is small and fast, right? Mm -hmm. So we was association with birds. So we were looking at birds, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, yeah, and they were alternative names based on birds too. Mm -hmm. Right, so uh, Helidon, uh, Helidoni actually, uh, it's uh, swallow in uh, Greek, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, actually, w uh, the way we went, we tried to find some bird's name in different languages, right? Mm -hmm. Which sounds nice, right? Mm -hmm. And Helidon is a swallow, which is great, right? Greek, cool, right? Mm -hmm. And the name is kind of, I like how it sounds, Helidon, Helidon. Kind yeah, of I also like uh, how it sounds. This is why. I heard, you know, it was back then, I think still Java one, like a Helidon project, and it really sounds nice. So I was, uh, it drew immediately attention to me. It's like, Helidon, what is it? it? Sounds nice. So it's a really nice sounding name. So this was curious how it, how it started. Cool, um, thank you. Yeah, and what I also liked, which was amazing, because um, the the website, so the Helidon web, web uh, site looks amazing. So who did the page? Like, I mean, it's really nice, and and uh, the whole tutorial is well structured. So this is a uh, the whole Helidon experience is outstanding. So it looks more like a you no know, small startup created something fresh. So for me, and um, who did the website? So there was like the people at uh, Oracle, or is it an external company? Uh, it was people from Oracle, uh, but not from our team. Uh, uh, we originally wanted to create some kind of a nice looking website because if you remember. If uh, you know that uh, uh, Oracle products or uh, projects we are working on, like Yaston, for instance, or mm -hmm. uh, specification stuff we are doing, uh, they don't have really nice-looking websites, right? No. But uh, we wanted to create a microservices frameworks which looks like uh, 
uh, which website looks like other websites on the market, right? Mm -hmm. At least comparable with that. For instance, Spring yes. website is great, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, actually, uh, one of our uh, American uh, folks, uh, he found uh, uh, web designers in Oracle, which is almost impossible, right? And uh, uh, that folks communicated to them. And uh, we agreed to uh, create um, basically graphics for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and we used these graphics to create the website. Um, I think it was an amazing effort because uh, in a company like Oracle, it's quite difficult to find web designers. Yeah, exactly. Right? You know, we are doing development, we are not doing web design, right? And uh, we were actually lucky uh, that uh, these folks uh, agreed to help us and uh, uh, that this work's been finished. Yeah, the website so, looks amazing. Amazing. This is helidon.io, and uh, there's like uh, parallax scrolling. And if you, so I saw the website, I saw the name, and I say, what the hell is going on at Oracle? I mean, what happens now? I mean, why? And, and I just look at this. Everything looks interesting. So uh, for me, it was like I couldn't get you know why such a project and why. I mean, this was like alienish for a large company to do something like this but uh really nice and uh what's also interesting and i think even unique helidon comes with comes with uh two how to call it profiles or flavors one is java se which i also like in Nogla is completely based on java se and the other one is the micro profile flavor right so you can do either micro profile stuff or just java se exactly and it's it really depends on what you like more right mm -hmm. because a micro profile First of all, it's microprofile. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of de facto standard uh, for cloud native Java applications. And when you like these APIs and we support it, it's one of the, our main goals to support microprofile, right? Yeah. So uh, if if you are Java E developer, it's easy to switch to microprofile, right? So yeah, it looks like exactly like Java E. So exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, we have lots of people who are bored with Java E or bored or uh, don't like it because of the magic. Yeah. Behind, right, because yeah. of that kind of declarative style of programming. So uh, we have SE, which is, to be fair, I like more. It's like a more fun to use it. It's a pure Java application. It's reactive. Uh, you have all the control on what you're doing. Uh, it's it's inspired. Uh, it is a web server component. It's uh, inspired from Express.js, not JavaScript stuff, yeah. which is actually quite cool, right? So uh, I've heard something on Twitter that people were saying it's a similar approach Go uses for creating web services, but uh, I can't give my arm for that because uh, it's kind of uh, Go. I'm not a Go programmer. I'm just passing what I've heard, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, it's fun to use it. You know, Helidon SE is really fun to use. Yeah. So, uh, and how it looks like yeah. the SE? I'm just on the on the page. So uh, the SE would uh, looks like web server dot create routing builder. So we can set up the route and you say, okay, the uh, the route is greet, and then you have request and respond, and you get a response back. And there's like one, two, three, four. Five, six lines of code, and you have your own web server, or you can have one longer line and one web server. This is actually no, one, it's, it's, one it's, line split to five lines, so this is uh, exactly. And you can achieve exactly the same with JAX or S2.0. And then you say package, and you get a fed jar, and you can launch the jar. Yeah, it's uh, like an oversimplified, uh, but it's correct. 
if you want to, if you want to take a full sample, we have a quite nice quick start guides, right? Yeah. Uh, if you go to uh, on the website, click documentation on the top menu, mm-hmm. and uh, on the screen which appears, the first big button is guides, right? You click on the guides, yeah. And uh, we have quite a few of the guides now, and on the top page we have. Quick Start SE and Quick Start MP guides, yep. right? So if you want to use SE, just click SE. And uh, uh, we have quite nice Maven archetype, uh, which will create a sample application for you. And uh, you can open it in every ID you like because we don't have anything special. So it works with uh, Eclipse, it works with IntelliJ, uh, it works with everything else, NetBeans. Uh, and uh, you can take a look at the code, there is quite uh, very simple restful web service right yeah uh uh with health check support out of the box with metrics support out of the box with tracing support out of the box which is observability important for web services you just package it maven package and uh that's executable job you run it you can test it using curl uh so uh it's very small it's very nice and uh, it can be used as a template for your bigger application. So if you want to start point, go to Quick Start, run it. You have a template, add your stuff there. Your application is done. Okay. So uh, this is Quick Start MP and Quick Start SE. This is the both Quick Starts, and it stays application in under five minutes, which is kind of true. I, I think I managed to do it in forty-five seconds. So if you have the Quick Starter, you just uh, download, generous, run Maven package, Maven jar, Java minus jar, and it starts. So it's really quick. So it works out of the box. And um, one question: um, This is a fetch jar. Is it possible to, to to have a hollow jar where you can separate, you know, the Helidon core from my business logic? It's not a fetch jar. It's a hollow jar. Ah, perfect. So this is, you know, because I never got the Fed jar. So I asked so many people why Fed jars matter and no one could tell me because for me... No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, oh, very good. Because for me, it doesn't make any sense, you know, to create a Fed jar when, uh, you know, 4K or 6K of my code changes. I have to create 20 megs uh, over and over again. But if it's hollow jar out of the box, perfect. Exactly. We have a leap folder where all dependencies are there, right? Great. So you actually can uh, create a layered Docker image clever way, right? Yeah. That uh, you have a, a Docker image with all your dependencies, and the next layer is just your application. So uh, it will make it, it will give you an advantage of a really fast creating of the Docker image, right? Yeah, this is why I'm so, asking. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, what's also great, um, there is like um, how to call it the guides uh, page. This is like on the left side. There are lots of. Uh, uh, looks like hamburger menus. So you have micro profile extensions and tracing, and uh, lots of guides uh, which are really well documented. So also kudos to that. So I, I would say it it looks great. It it, it uh, as uh, I would say take as a compliment. It doesn't look as as Oracle at all. It was created by Oracle. It's really like a small startup created. You know something like on Node.js or Go like. So um, nice. Thank you very much. We're still working on the guides, mm-hmm. trying to add more of the guides mm-hmm. uh, because we uh, we see, we know that developers, especially new developers, they need it, right? So uh, this is not the end. We, we, we are working on some new guides now and uh, we will add them in the future. Yeah. And I will also play a little bit with Halidon now because uh, uh, because of the hollow jar. I was not that interested because my impression was it produces fed jars and I said, okay, this is a pointless. But you made me curious with the hollow jar, so I will uh, play around with it and uh, probably record some videos if it works. And um, interesting. 
um, yeah, what I can tell. I mean, this is a amazing project, and uh, a completely different question. Um, the Yasun logo was it your idea or uh, Jason Binding I, logo? Sorry, the, the... I think I think it was my idea. Yeah, I suspected this already. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it at Java One and say, why, why it looks like that? And I said, okay, Jason. I said, okay, Jason. If you if you know add an A to the Jason, it could be Jason like the name, and then Binding. I said, like, oh, the Duke is the Jason, and it is bound. And I said, okay, this. <laughs> this is great. So for the listeners, they take, they should take a look at the Jason binding logo, and uh, and then you know it is like uh, interesting. <laughs> I it, it's it, 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 it's on the uh, it's uh, okay. Uh, let's keep a hook, right? So uh, <laughs> we won't tell what's on the logo, right? So uh, yeah. listeners can actually go to the older Java EE website, yeah. and this logo is there. You know, we are not allowed to use Duke-based logos uh, for Jakarta, so uh, this logo was not moved to Jakarta. Yeah, but you could do something with the sailing stuff, you know. <laughs> 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 yeah, need to find a graphics designer to do that, yeah. Okay. Uh, it was... It was community contribution, actually. So we were ah. working with uh, uh, some uh, graphics designer, uh, which uh, who con- who contributed it to us. Uh, uh, this is why it's looking very nice because my graphics skills are uh, quite poor. Oh, cool! So, uh, what's you know the plans for? Uh, do you have any plans for Helidon next? Are they a secret, or what's what's your thinking? So, what you would like to achieve, or what's your next? You know, not. No mm-hmm. secrets. Uh, we are trying to be uh, maximum open, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, we've done micro profile 3.0, right? So uh, this is the latest, you know, latest 3.1, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, as I said, our main goal is micro profile. So we'll add micro profile 3.1 and whatever else micro profile will release, we will add support uh, to hit it on, right? Mm-hmm. The second main goal we have, GraalVM. Right, so we support Graal VM and Helidon SE only mm-hmm. for now, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are working hard to bring micro Graal VM support to Helidon MP. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is our second priority. Right, and uh, uh, we are working on some cool features. Uh, still, uh, multi-part HTTP multi-part is not finished. HTTP two, uh, we need to add reactive HTTP client. Uh, there is Helidon DB client. Actually, um, uh, me and Thomas Langer, our architect, presented on Code One, mm-hmm. which is quite a cool uh, thin layer library for SE, mm-hmm. which allows uh, to access uh, databases uh, very active way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the library is basically created in Helidon SE flavor, so it means with builders and this kind of stuff. You know? It's great. Uh, coming next sometimes. And uh, uh, we are working on something to support uh, messaging, Kafka and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, reactive uh, messaging from MP, I think, right? Uh, it's going to be for MP, but we need some solution for SE too. Okay, interesting. Um, uh, definitely, uh, we are using microprofile uh, APIs. Uh, so for MP, it's going to be microprofile API. Yeah, but for SE, something else. Okay. Cool. So, uh, what's 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 interesting to see is now, we have. Uh, so, what I do is from time to time. So, we are we are migrating sometimes an old Java projects to the new you no know, microprofile world, and uh, which they get. For instance, right now I'm using Quarkus translated to um, 
to uh, native images, and then we could use Helidon in the future as well. And then what happens is the old, you know, Java e projects become smaller than Go, or as, as, as large as a Go and smaller than Node.js, which is amazing. So you, you can use the old programming model and deploy, you know, and save 90% of RAM comparing, you know, to the old, uh, to old uh, Java e servers. Yeah, exactly. That's a, one of the advantages of GraalVM, right? Yeah. So you can, you can do this kind of stuff. On the other hand, uh, uh, it's a little bit of a trade-off always, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, by doing that, you are using only static uh, optimization, right? Yeah. And the JVM uh, actually gives you runtime optimization. Yes. So it knows the environment it works on, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, for long-running services, uh, like, uh, you know, like, like with services we are using, like for Java E applications, long-running, uh, the performance of JVM uh, is faster uh, than um, uh, if you use GraalVM, right? Yes. So uh, uh, th- uh, this is the trade-off, right? Yeah. If you care about the size, if you care about startup time, GraalVM, perfect, right? Yeah. No question. Uh, if you care about really performance, uh, then possibly you should look at uh, just normal uh, JVM. Yeah, and the reason is because the hotspot VM inspects all the time all the executions and, and is able to reject and re-optimize, and uh, Graal is only able to optimize what it sees at compilation time, so uh, can Correct. be slower than, than the hotspot, right? Correct. Cool. So uh, thank you. Uh, I have a follow-up session with the chief architect of Helidon, so we'll focus on Helidon entirely, but it was fun to talk with you. So. One of the reasons why I do the podcast, I see a lot of people at conferences. I never have time, you know, to have a proper chat with them. So it's really nice to have a chat, you know, one hour chat with uh, nice people. And yeah, now um, we know about Helidon, right? Yeah, it's quite cool. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it too. Where people can find you? Your blog, Twitter, GitHub? Uh, yeah, uh, I have a blog, uh, which is actually myname.net, DmitriKornilov, one word, .net. Uh, mm-hmm. .net. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Twitter, which I'm using quite a lot, is uh, m0mus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to say my email address, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Prohibited. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, thank you. Thank you. Great.